Cheaters never prosper. Oh. Fraudulent victories never last. And all lies and deceit will be exposed and it will be dealt with. Amen. Say it's going to be dealt with. Every fraudulent lie, every fraudulent victory is not going to last in Jesus' name. So this message, this applies, obviously applies to your life in every way. Right? But it also applies to recent events like our presidential election and those in authority over us, like our governor, and how they rule over us and how they use their God-given authority. So I want you to I want you to apply this on that scale, but I also want you to apply it in your own life. Because some of you have been robbed. There have been some fraudulent things that have been done. Amen. There have been some some stealing, some deceit. Right? Yes. Yes. Okay, yes, yes, of course. But Galatians 6, 7 and 9 says this. That what you sow is what you reap. We're going to put the scripture up. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Don't be deceived. I don't want you to fret. Don't worry. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. And whoever slows, sows to please the, the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Amen. So Church of God, we must stand in our rightful God-given authority, for in due season, you're going to reap, right? Abimelech. We're going to read a story in the Old Testament. Abimelech, Gideon's son. Remember we've been studying Gideon. We were in the book of Judges studying Gideon. And Abimelech, Gideon's son of a concubine, killed his 70 brothers. I want to give you a little bit of a just, I'm just going to lay the story out a little bit, give it some context, and we're going to, we're going to go a little deeper here in a moment. But killed his 70 brothers. Only Jotham, the youngest brother, escaped because he hid. Okay? So he has he was he was you know 70 brothers, Gideon's son, son of a concubine. Abimelech was unlawfully and deceitfully crowned as a king. Can you see where I'm going here tonight? Yes. Remember, when you sow to the wind, you do reap the whirlwind. Hosea 8:7, if you want to take notes. So in setting this in context a little bit more, because I don't know how many people know this story. God reduced the size of Gideon's army. Then he gave him victory, right? When his opponents turned on each other and destroyed themselves with their own swords. So God first reduces Gideon's army to 300. And then with the enemy, they just turn on themselves with their own swords. Gideon's army didn't have swords. But their opponent, their, their adversary did. And so God used the very swords that their enemies had to destroy themselves. Yes, we know the story. Let's go to Judges 7, and I'm going to read to you 7.22. Judges 7, verse 22. When the 300 trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords. It's what I just got done telling you. God reduced the size of his army to show him that in his weakness, he is strong. Do you know that when you are weak, it's actually the time that you are strong when you lean on the arms of Jesus. When you are weak, 
That's the best time because as long as you recognize that he is strong, that he in you is strong, then you know what? This is exactly where God wants us. This is exactly where God had Gideon at this point in the story in chapter 7. It's not by the size of our army, right? It's not by the size of the army that you win the war. But it's by trusting in the name of the Lord. And the same is true for us. It's not by the size. It's not, it's not by, uh, you know, how many people you may have uh, that are understanding you or that are with you or, you know, in, with, you know, going forth in ministry together, whatever you want. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with your ability to trust God in and through it all. Amen? Amen. And so God was teaching Gideon here at the beginning in, John, in, in uh, Gideon, Judges chapter 7, about really trusting, about really trusting him. Gideon was victorious when he saw himself small. When he saw himself small, he was victorious. But success blinded him, and it became his own downfall. Sometimes people just want success, you know, especially in our, in our generation that we live in, right? It's all about success, it's all about promotion, and we're not against that. We're for that, absolutely. But sometimes, unless your heart is ready, sometimes the very success that you're looking for might be the success that ends up becoming your downfall. It was for Gideon. Because you know what? He was he started off really well, but he didn't end well. And we want to end well. Right? So it's not how you begin a matter. It's how you end that matter that determines if you please God. And if you are successful in his eyes, how many in this room would say, I just want to please God. And I want to be successful in his eyes. See, that's true success, right? When you know that God is pleased with you. Amen? And he's pleased with us when we just say, Lord, I just want you to do whatever you want to do. I am yours. I am surrendered. I surrender all of myself to you. Do we surrender our lives to him on a daily, sometimes moment by moment? Basis? Yeah? Amen. That's good. That's how we need to be. So Gideon began well. Like I said, he didn't end well, though. Let's go to Judges chapter 8, verse 27. We're going to start at verse 27 of Judges chapter 8. And we're going to go to 32. So this is after, this is after they were victorious with all that God entrusted him with those 300 men. Then, in verse 27, it says, Gideon made the gold. So he tells everybody to give me your gold. Give me all your gold. Give me your gold. And he takes this gold, and he makes this ephod, right? And he places it in this town. And then all of Israel ends up prostituting themselves as they worshipped this idol, and it became a snare to Gideon and to everyone there to his family. So here we see Gideon that at one point was very humble, was actually, didn't really have the faith that he needed to have, but God said he was a mighty man of valor. God called him up, right? And so now we see towards the end of the story, here he's returning to old practices and ways, you know, and, and what happens is this, this causes these people to prostitute themselves. It's spiritual idolatry. Let's keep reading. Thus Midian was subdued before the Israelites and he did not raise his head again. During Gideon's lifetime, the land enjoyed peace for 40 years. Jerubbabel, which is Gideon, they just, this is another name for him, Jerubbabel, son of Joash, went back home to live. 
he had 70 sons of his own, for he had many wives. His concubine, now here's the part that I want you to listen, because this is, this is the main part of the story. His concubine, who lived in Shechem, also bore him a son, whom he named Abimelech. Gideon, son of Joash, died at a good old age and was buried in that tomb. Let's go now on the heels of this deception, what he just got done doing, what Gideon just did. On the heels of this deception, more deception follows. Do we see that in our nation right now? Yeah. Heels of deception, more deception follows, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm going to pause here for a moment because I want to interject something. Mm -hmm. The reason that I'm telling you this story is because I want you to know that regardless, regardless of what you see in the news day in and day out, you've got to know that God will even out the score and that we are not left to the enemy's assignment. You are not, you're not prisoners of the demonic realm, okay? You are prisoners of hope, which means prisoners of God. In other words, you're surrendered and you're tied and connected to the living God. The reason that I'm telling you this story is because when I was praying about bringing this message here today, I said, Lord, I would like to encourage them about what has just recently happened with the elections, because you may be hearing almost on a daily basis, like things that are happening in the White House that are like completely undoing what was already done with our former president, right? And you may be hearing some of the things that I'm hearing that it's like, wow, it just, it's like worse, getting worse, getting worse. But I'll tell you, not for a child of God when you know that God is the one that writes this story and he is the one that's already written the end and he knows the end from the beginning. And so he literally led me to this story about Abimelech, which we're just barely starting to you know, touch here. We're going to get into it. And I want you to see the parallels in who we have right now, what's happened in the way the election came about, what's happened and what happened in this story. You're going to see just how it, God is in all of it. He is in every single part of this. So an unlawful, fraudulent gaining of power follows right here in this story in Judges chapter 9. Turn your Bibles to Judges chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. And I'm going to read 1 through 6. Abimelech, son of Jerubbabel, went to his mother's brothers in Shechem. Remember, Gideon just died, right? He's, he's gone. And says to, to them and to all of his mother's clan, ask all the citizens of Shechem, which is better for you, to have all 70 of Jerubbabel's sons rule over you? Remember, there were 70 of them. Or just one man. Remember, I am your flesh and blood. He goes to his mother. Remember, that was the, the concubine. Okay. They give him 70 shekels of silver from the temple. So here we go. Money from the temple. Right? And Abimelech, what does he do with that? He uses it to hire reckless adventurers who became his followers. So he uses this, this ill-gotten money, so then he goes and hires people, basically, to be his entourage. All these people just support him. All these people to, you know, just, you know, just, I mean, can you not see the parallels? It's ridiculous how similar it is. I'm like, wow, Lord, it, that is so similar. It's crazy. It's crazy. Wow. And so, let's keep reading. He, um, he says he hires, he hires these reckless adventurers who became his followers. And he went to his father's home in Orpra, and on one 
stone. He murdered his 70 brothers. He just got rid of them. He just murdered them with one stone. The, all the sons. Yeah. In other words, he put their head on the chopping block. He, with one stone, he murdered, he got rid of them all. Violent. Murder. Bloodshed. Does it sound like some things we have experienced in this past year? Absolutely. Except for that one son. Except for, except for uh, Jothan. He escaped. So there's one that escaped. Jesus. But God always has the last laugh. Mm -hmm. And in Psalm 37, 13, the Lord laughs at the wicked for he knows that their day is coming. That has to bring you a lot of courage and comfort. The Lord laughs at the wicked for he knows that their day is coming. And there is nothing new under the sun. God always has the last word. So after Abimelech governed, he so now so they, they make him king. So now he's king, right? Three years go by, and the Lord sends an evil spirit. Yes, the Lord sends an evil spirit between Abimelech and the citizens of Shechem. Let's read chapter 9, starting in 22 and 24. We'll go through 24. After Abimelech had governed Israel for three years, God sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the citizens of Shechem, who acted treacherously against Abimelech. God did this, listen, I mean, it tells you why he did it. God did this in order that the crime against Jerubbabel's 70 sons, the shedding of innocent blood, might be avenged on their brother Abimelech and on the citizens of Shechem, who helped him murder his brothers. So here's what it is, Here, here's the thing. There are things that are happening and you're going, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. No, don't even go there. Know that God's, he, he is the judge. He is the judge and he will even out this score because the wicked, the Lord is laughing at the wicked. He knows, he knows, right? Amen, the day is coming. So Abimelech governs for three years and the Lord sends this evil spirit between him and these people that they're acting wickedly. There was betrayal. Think about some of the parallels. There was betrayal. There was broken allegiance. There was usurping of authority. Right? There was violence. There was murder. Shedding of innocent blood to unlawfully gain power. Nothing new under the sun, right? Mm -hmm. Abimelech betrayed his own father. And Gideon, in turn, turned to his own people and betrayed. His own people betrayed him. Because what? Because basically what you sow is what you're going to reap, right? So what I've told you before, I've talked to you before, we're going to be, we're praying, we're believing, we're, and I told you, I taught you how to pray if you were here. Yeah. If you were here, yeah? yeah. That we are standing on the word of God and we, we know that we are victorious. We know we're not just rolling over and just having a blind eye to things. Not at all. God is always looking at our hearts, absolutely. So we want to make sure our hearts are right. But you're going to stand as those that are in authority because you are. God has placed you in authority, right? So we're going to pray in from a position of governing. God wants you to govern what he has entrusted you with. And this land is our land. 
It belongs to the Lord, and we are to govern by rightfully praying. So, of course, we're going to do that. But here, at the end of Abimelech's life, the sins he committed were visited upon him. His life was cut short because the very same people who wrongfully aligned with Abimelech in the beginning, they betrayed, they betrayed him, right? Be careful who you are aligned with. Are you guys following? Is this yeah. making sense? Yeah. How many of you guys already knew this story or at least part of it? So for some it's kind of new. So I know sometimes when a story is a little bit new, that's why I try to, I, you know, that's why I'm trying to go through each uh, main point to just yeah. kind of follow through yeah. so that you can kind of get a good picture of what happened and where we are right now because it it's really the same you guys. Amen. It's yes. the same. So number one, the very same people who wrongfully aligned with Abimelech to uh, they betrayed they betrayed they betrayed him. Number two, because he violently killed innocent blood when he killed the seventy brothers, right? The same people who helped him do that shed violence against him. And we're going to get to that in a moment here. Mm -hmm. So he kills the 70 brothers on one stone except for Joppin because Joppin escapes, right? Uh, in turn, his life, uh, his life ended. Abimelech's life also ended on a stone. Talk, talk about coincidence? No. It ended on a millstone. We're going to read that in a minute. And he shamefully died at the hands of a woman who dropped a millstone and crushed his skull. Violence. Violence. Has there not been a lot of violence in this past yes. year? My goodness. Yeah. Right? And then people justifying it, too. Yeah. Wrong. Absolutely yeah. wrong. Right? So now I want to read this to you from the Word. Let's go to Judges chapter 9, and we're going to look at verse 52 through 57. Judges 9, 52. Okay. So it says, as he approached, I'm kind of right in the middle here of it. Abimelech went to the tower. See, basically there was a civil war. What I didn't tell you, what I didn't already read, there was a civil war that broke out. Okay? So... So here, uh, 52, Abimelech, Abimelech goes to the tower, and, and he stormed it. But as he approached the entrance to the tower to set it on fire, a woman dropped an upper millstone on his head and cracked his skull. Hurriedly, he called to his armor bearer, draw your sword and kill me, so that they can't say that a woman killed him. Because back then they would consider that as shameful, right? It's different in our culture today. But so the servant ran through. The servant ran through him, basically thrust his sword through him, and he dies. And when the Israelites saw that Abimelech was dead, they went home. And then God repaid the wickedness of Abimelech that he had done to his father. Pretty serious story by murdering his 70 brothers. He, he, you know, this is, this is a payback, right? In other words, God allowed it because what you sow is what's going to happen. Back to you. Uh, God also made the men of Shechem pay for their wickedness. And the curse of Jotham, son of Jerubbabel, came on them. And I didn't read to you the curse that he spoke, but you know what? He spoke truth. He spoke truth, and he made it very, very clear. You can read it in Judges 9, 
Judges 9, 7 through 21, if you're taking notes, it's very interesting. But Judges 9, 7 through 21, if you want to read the story of how did Jotham curse, you know, this whole thing, because his very words came to pass. Because basically he stood up and he preached to all these people. And he said, wait, 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 what are you guys doing? You're all following Abimelech? You know, like if he is that good, okay, great. Blessings are going to come upon you. But if he's not, remember, he's the one, the only son that didn't die, right? And right before he escapes, he's standing up and he preaches, open-air preaching. And he says, okay, well, you've, you've all anointed this guy wrongfully, but you've done it. Uh, good. If you all believe him, great. May it be a blessing to you. But if he's wrong... If he's wrong, and then he went and spoke, and he said, you know what, you're going to die by fire. He starts to speak all these things, and the exact words that he spoke came to pass. Yeah. He, was he wrong in saying that? No. Nope. Not at all. He's not wrong in saying that. Because when you speak forth prophetically from the word of God, see, there is an appointed time to speak, and there's an and there's some and there are things that God wants you to say and to speak. You have to know the position God has put you in, right? He was put in a position, he was the rightful heir. He was Amen. the son. Amen. Not a half-son, not a half-brother, but the and so here. What was stolen from him, he stands up and he speaks it, he preaches it all, right? And then he ran and hid because, because Abimelech was very wicked, obviously. He killed all 70 of them. So you can read that if you want all of the details there because it's, it's very powerful. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end with Psalm 37, and I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified Bible, starting in verse 7. Before I read this, though, this is the thing. There's thievery in this story. There's thievery. There has been thievery in what we went through. We all went through. There is, um, there's been bloodshed. We know that there's been bloodshed. There's, there's been lies and deceit, fraudulent activity, and disappointment, right? So much disappointment. But I'll tell you what. All of that is true, but we know, we do know that we are victorious because God's not done yet. We know that we are victorious, but I don't want you to be fretful when you see, when you hear things happening in the news, in the media. Because I'll tell you, really truly, God does know the end from the beginning. And just the fact that this story in and of itself would be in the Bible, and it goes so parallel with what we have experienced. Yeah. It's crazy how yeah. parallel it is. Amen. But it is true because there's nothing new under the sun. Mm -hmm. So I want to end with Psalm 37. And I'm going to read to you from the Amplified Bible because it's really encouraging, starting in verse 7 through 13. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him and entrust yourself to Him. Do not fret. Do not whine. Do not agonize. Because of Him who prospers in His way. Because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. We're not going to fret. Cease from anger and, and abandon wrath. Do not fret, it only leads to evil. For those who do evil will be cut off. But those who wait for the Lord will inherit the land. Those who wait for the Lord. Are you waiting on the Lord? Amen. Absolutely. Waiting for the Lord. You will inherit the land. Say it over yourselves. I am waiting. I will wait for the Lord and I will inherit the land. Like I said, this land belongs to you. This nation, this generation, the generations Amen. to come. Yeah. When I say the land, yeah. I'm talking about...
about the people. Yes. I'm talking about the generations. For yet a little while, and the wicked one will be gone forever. Though you look carefully where he used to be, he will not be found. But the humble will at last inherit the land and will delight themselves in abundant prosperity and peace. The wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes his teeth, gnashes at him with his teeth. But the Lord laughs at him, at the wicked one, the one who oppresses the righteous. For he sees that his day of defeat is coming. Amen? Amen. So, Father, I thank you that what you did before in the Old Testament, and you brought this, this passage to my attention here, that we would, we would teach from this message here today, from this story here this evening. I thank you, Lord God, that it brings hope. We see, Lord God, that when something is wrongfully taken, Lord God, that you are keeping track and it will be made right. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that it is for the saving of many people because so many people will see their need. They will see their need and our job is to stay focused. Our job as believers, we are to stay focused. Father, teach us to stay focused upon what our job is right now. Because there are people that are going to turn to the Lord and we have to have the answers. We can't be part of the problem. We must be part of the solution. So Father, teach us how to walk steadfastly with you. Teach us how to walk in a life that's holy and set apart unto you, Lord God. Not confused, but fully having the mind of Christ at all times, at all times. So no confusion over you. And I decree that over you right now. There is no confusion. Amen. We command all confusion to leave. If there's any confusion over you, we I command it to leave right now. If there's any uncertainty over your mind right now, I command it to go. Because there is, if you've been discouraged, if you've been hopeless, if you, that's a spirit. There, you know, sometimes when you walk in, we can sense, you know, there's spirits going on. We can sense them, you know. But it's like this thing that just plagues, you know, the, it just kind of like this permeates the air, right? Right? But so we can sense it. And you guys too need to be able to sense this. So we decree an understanding, an increase. Yeah, just lift your hands up right now. Why I'm going to do this is because you can help yourself. Like you can wait for someone else to help you, but what about helping yourself? So lift your hands up right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, first of all, I wash off of them any and all demonic assignments that have come to try to steal who they are in Christ. We rebuke right now every every single power that they may be in agreement and not even know it. They may not even know it, but we come out of agreement. We break the power of all familiar spirits. We break off the power of familiar spirits in the name of Jesus. And I decree, Lord God, that they've come to a service tonight. And this service, Lord God, is full of the Holy Spirit's power. And because of that, Lord God, they're being changed. Shackles are coming off of their minds. Lord, every wall that's trying to keep them bound is coming off right now. Lord, every form of discouragement, every form of deception, every agreement with the pit comes down, comes off. We break it in Jesus' name right now. I decree they have the mind of Christ. I decree that their discernment is increasing, that they're going to recognize when things are not right, and they're going to learn how to take authority immediately. Father, all discouragement go, all hopelessness go, any lies that they have come into agreement with, with the culture. We don't just kind of subdue. We don't allow the culture to just mummify you or to stupefy you or to silence you. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. We're not going to just be, well, that's the new normal. That's the way it is. No, no, no. 
in the name of Jesus, we rise up and take back what belongs to us. We are not shrinking back because that we are not of those that shrink back back. Amen. In the name of Jesus, you're rising up in strength. In the name of Jesus, it's not that we don't see what happened. We see what happened. We just know how it's going to end. We just know that the story's not over. We just know that I don't care what it looks like, God's going to have the last word, and he does laugh at the wicked. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our websites at Kathy Capola Ministries at www.kathycapola.org.